0: Hey everyone, welcome to the Yellow Card Podcast, live from Acacia in the center of Kampala, Uganda. I'm joined today by uh, Abel Nabureba, our the head of head of Yellow Card's operations for Uganda. The Yellow Card Podcast. Blockchain. Well, it's
1: great to have you on, man. It's great to be on this podcast. I've been waiting for so long, really it's good to have you actually here in uganda
0: you know abel abel compared abel compared our podcast to pumps so uh pump if you're listening man uh you know it it might be time to have abel on on. (laughs) it's It's great to be here so so I guess I guess to start off Abel uh, could you could you tell us how you got into crypto in the first place how uh, how you how you started out so uh, I guess give us give us a little bit of your background first so you grew up in Kampala oh, and yes. uh, just just bring us bring us up to, <clears throat> up to date.
1: So yes this is very interesting for me by the way. I'm glad to be here again uh, and uh, I got into this space I think uh, about uh, three and a half years ago and uh, I've grown up in Kampala Uganda and I've always been interested in technology i guess i think uh, i think i heard about bitcoin in a movie in probably 2011 but i uh, i figured it was something maybe maybe like uh, like visa or uh, or or mastercard which was not very common back then in kampala uganda and uh, so so i never really gave it so much attention but then uh, later on i think uh, in 2016 I watched another movie and uh, the title of the movie was actually called Dope. It has I think it has Tiger. <laughs> you watched Dope?
0: I have seen that. I saw yeah. that in theaters actually. Yeah. So it was actually crazy cuz uh, they were they're like doing all this drug
1: business with Bitcoin and I'm like, "Okay, what's what's this thing that sounds like money and they're using to they're using it to buy drugs." So I wasn't really into like the drug business or anything, but I was just I was just curious about about this thing that I didn't know and people knew somewhere. So, uh, so it got me interested. So I tried to Google, but as you know, Google, it has so much information and I wasn't I was, I was trusting because I, I figured that maybe I'll land on a scam or something and then get, get, get to be one of those people who are stolen on the internet in, in, a, in probably a Ponzi scheme or something. So uh, what was crazy is that one of my friends decided at the time to do a, a Bitcoin conference and so we had a Bitcoin conference and what I wanted was, I just wanted to see whether, whether this currency could be converted to fiat. And that's what he showed us with a certain exchange live, as we were seeing, he showed us the coins. We, we some of us thought it was like a hard coin, but then we figured it was just a digital currency that works on the internet. So really, so it was quite interesting seeing it being converted, just a, a point figure, being converted into fiat, yeah, into mobile money. So it was quite crazy. And, uh, after that, I guess it, uh, it got me, it got me, I got thinking that how can I make money off this? At that time, I think the price was, I think the trading price was about $900 for one, one BTC. So, uh, it got me, I didn't want to buy because I thought, <laughs> I thought it was still going down like to like $500, but then for some reason it, it still continued to shoot up till like, at that time it went up to like $1,200. And uh, I had the money for one Bitcoin, but I still, still, I, was still, I was still skeptical, I guess. So it got me thinking. Maybe it's going to drop a little, but then, it, then again, it still increased value <laughs> to like one thousand five hundred. I'm like, oh, you, yeah. oh, yeah this is, this is, this is like a real deal. <laughs> so let me, let me just get into this. So that was my first. I think that was my first purchase. It was, I think, in 2016. So I invested about. I invested a, i don't remember the actual amount i put in but i remember i got a return of about about i think there's 20 percent interest in, in two weeks so it got me it and then i cashed out and it was quite interesting for me so that was, that was like my first stage of learning bitcoin Yes, I got too interested.
0: In I love it. I love I love that you originally heard about it through a movie where the, the premise of the movie is people using Bitcoin to buy and sell drugs. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but I feel like everyone knows Bitcoin for that. When, when, when you tell somebody about Bitcoin, they're like, drugs,
0: That's, that money, laundering, you know. That is, that is, yeah, the first context that most people hear about it is, yeah. is in some sort of regard to, to drugs or the, the something illegal. or something. <laughs> yeah. I yeah. think the first time I ever heard about it was, yeah, regarding an article on the, the Silk Road or something like that. So that that uh <laughs> yeah, that uh that makes sense. So um yeah, so uh I guess uh, tell uh, go go a little further though. So uh the the, the way the way that we actually met Abel is because uh he runs he runs a store here in kampala he runs a uh a, your family's liquor store right yes uh and at that store uh he took it upon himself to teach people about crypto so uh yeah i guess if you could tell just a little more about that okay so uh as i was looking for a way to get
1: money out of the script i i figured that that people want so most people in uganda do not do, do not trust uh, online exchanges because most of them, some at that time, seemed like they were stealing money. So I figured that why not have a physical location to do, uh, to do exchanges where people can see what we're doing and then they get cash, OTC, right? So I, so, so I didn't have space. So I figured that my mom has a store in the middle of Kampala. So really, why don't why, why? Let me just put up a Bitcoin poster in the center of Kampala, and even if people never came to ask about Bitcoin, they'll probably just see it and, and be like, "What's this thing?" Yeah, people to get cu- people curious about what what's the poster is talking about. So I began this shop, and uh, and yeah, I got I got a couple of people coming in asking about about crypto, and it's at that at that at that moment. One of my drives was actually not just to make money out of it, but there were so many scams going on. Uh, some claiming to be ICOs, and there was actually one which was called Onecoin, which which <laughs> which now actually the the offices still operate yeah. at this
0: at this very moment, which is crazy. so this is this is the craziest thing that I've learned so far in Uganda is that the one coin one coin Ponzi scheme still has an operational office here in Kampala that you can still walk into and buy one coin.
1: <laughs> that is really crazy. So my one of my goals was to actually educate people about what is real and what is fake. So I figured that that they would know that if a coin is not exchangeable, it could yeah, it would probably raise questions about it. So I got many one coin people coming to my shop. Asking whether we accept OneCoin, and, and I had to explain to them how it's <laughs> how it's how it's actually banned in some countries. Oh, how God. one of the people went to prison, and, and you know all that mix. So it was it was mainly also to push the the, the education side of cryptocurrencies and, and new technology. So really to just push the fintech,
0: right? So how many how many people did you have to explain to like that they lost their money to OneCoin? <clears throat> well, it was it was quite hard.
1: To, I explained to the first people like probably like three people and everyone took it in a very bad way.
0: Oh and man! They made, they, I made, they made
1: it seem like <laughs> so so one coin had something they had like a phrase which they used to call themselves the Bitcoin killer. So these guys looked at me like a competition or something. So they took it really bad. So normally I'll just I'll just try and, and broadly explain to them what a Ponzi scheme is like. Yeah, what 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 scammers are like in the industry, and what the real thing is. And normally, I would really the easiest way of doing it was just referring them to CoinMarketCap, just to, <laughs> to cut the conversation short. So yeah, man, sounds like that.
0: So I mean, so interesting. Interestingly enough, uh, with with OneCoin calling itself the Bitcoin killer. So obviously, there are a lot of people that got into the space because of OneCoin, uh, and because of similar Ponzi schemes. It, I mean as bad as they are, it did teach quite a few people about the the space. And it was, yes. I, especially for people in Africa, it was a lot of people's first foray into, into crypto. Um, but it definitely is the Bitcoin killer in that it, it really hurts from a regulatory perspective. And uh, I mean, definitely in in some countries, uh, regulators and everything are still getting over one coin and other, other Ponzi schemes and still, it's still difficult for people to disassociate Bitcoin from these, these schemes. And so, uh, I mean, I know, I know that in, in Uganda, there is, there is more of an openness to, to crypto and everything. Uh, and I mean, obviously, you know, Binance is here, which, uh, which we'll, we'll talk about in a minute, but, um, I guess just, could you, could you give us sort of a, sort of a rundown on where, where Uganda is right now in terms of crypto, both on the ground and from a regulatory perspective?
1: Okay, that's, that, that would be interesting to know. Uh, so, uh, well, we are still getting... So it's a new it's a new space and we are all trying to figure this out. And uh, from where I have been standing, I think Uganda hosted the first blockchain conference in Africa, which was the biggest. And we had people like CZ coming through. So it was quite interesting at that moment because we were, during the conference, we are talking actually about cryptocurrencies. And the governor said uh, the governor wasn't very flexible with the uh, with the idea of cryptocurrencies but then with him the governor of central bank <clears throat> so the governor of the central bank was uh, was quite rigid with the idea but what was crazy was the president of uganda was also present in the blockchain conference and he came out and told him to be more flexible with the idea and then the president, what was crazy was the president actually explained what blockchain is very well. It was very understandable to most people in the room. And it was quite, for, for us crypto enthusiasts, we were very excited because, yo, we had the president on our side. Yeah, the, the governor of the BOU, of the Bank of Uganda, was still,
0: you know, shaking. So, so on, yeah. on that real quick. So I heard I heard that at that conference, the president called the Bank of, the, the bank of Uganda, the, the, the minister of the bank, old. And it said like old people don't get it. Is that is that how that went down? Oh yes,
1: that's actually how it went <laughs> down. It was quite like, yo, the president said that to the central bank, central the governor of the central bank. Yeah. <laughs> so it was a laugh, really. It was a laugh at that moment. But then uh I think with the regu- the regulator, the the regulation in Uganda with crypto, I think uh, well, as as I said earlier, we're trying to learn the space and they they're also trying to learn the space. And I've I've been meeting with a couple of them. I actually met with the secretary of the Bank of Uganda and uh, well her signature is, is on one of the notes. So well I had to get her, her opinion on this in, in terms of the sector and well, she she knows what it's what it is, but they just don't know what direction it's going to. Just like us, we actually do not know. We don't have like a clear direction where crypto will be in Africa, but we we're trying to do something about it. It looks like something which is very positively futuristic in terms of finances and financial inclusion. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. And I think uh, one one thing that I I love particularly about Uganda is that there are a lot of great people that are that are really working with. I mean, directly with the government on promoting these regulations and making sure that the government is regulating this in a smart way that encourages the industry rather than hindering it in any way. Uh, So we actually, Abel and I had a meeting earlier with uh, Kwame, uh, what's his last name? Kwame Rugundu. Kwame Rugundu. And uh, yeah, Kwame is the the head of the Ugandan uh, Blockchain Blockchain Association. Association. And yeah, I mean, they they do a lot of work, not only uh, in Uganda, but then also with uh, similar associations in Rwanda, Tanzania, Kenya. On uh, promoting this industry and uh, yeah, thwarting out scams and and making sure making sure that these these companies are actually allowed to operate here, and so I guess uh, yeah, I mean, could you could you tell us a little bit more? So that was that was sort of the regulatory side. Can you tell us a little bit more about some of the some of the other players on the ground? Maybe a little bit more about the association, uh, and just sort of what's what's happening from the uh, the ground level. What are what are what are the people doing to to promote this industry? Well, I. Uh
1: so you guys know about the, the ICO, you know, that, that space that came through, and now I think it's phasing off. We are going to STOs, but uh, during the ICOs, we, we not only had uh, one coin as a, as a scammer, but there's also, I think, TBC or something like that, so there's there are there quite, there quite many, and right now we have Dogecoin, which people are still trying to
0: figure out. Hey, Dogecoin <laughs> is very legit.
1: Oh, sorry, sorry, not Dogecoin. <laughs> it's called, uh, oh yeah, yeah, Dogecoin is legit, yes. <laughs> sorry, it's actually DAG coin. Yeah. Dog coin. Dog coin. Dog. Yeah, it's actually called <laughs> Dog coin, and one of one of the one of sorry, I had had the names really confused, but yeah. So people are trying to figure this out, and we figured that uh, the Blockchain Association should try and you know find a way of self regulating people in the crypto space. So what they are planning to do is to have to probably like register every crypto industry or every company that is that is crypto a crypto enthusiast first with them before they can go out to the public so I think I think in regulation that will be quite something in case that can reach our minister of finance to probably give like a public a public policy about it so we have we have a we have a we have, a, we have an authority called the, the Capture Markets Authority and it it basically deals with the with the stocks of Uganda and uh what we see, we see it being one of the regulators for for digital assets such as Bitcoin and Ether, and you know the rest of, of all the stuff going on. So, yeah, I guess I guess that's the side of regulation. That's for now. Yeah. yeah,
0: very cool, very cool. And so, uh, I mean, yeah, one of one of one of the other unique things about Uganda is that Binance is operating here, and I mean Binance has been operating in Uganda for how many how long now? Since since that conference, when was that?
1: Oh, yes, that was two years back.
0: Two years back. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, Binance, Binance has been here for a long time. Uh, and, yeah, I mean, this is... I mean, until until recently opening the the Naira pairs, this was their only market in Africa. Uh, and so, I guess, could you could you just talk a little bit about uh, sort of Binance's presence here? Uh, I guess, what... Uh, what they've been able to prove in the market uh, have they have they shown that this is a viable market for the space or uh, What just just uh, you know expound a little bit about uh, sort of what they're doing here.
1: And so binance as, uh, as you have said it opened up. I think uh, two years back and uh, I think they have brought they're, they're trying to show people the legitimate side of crypto since they have big brand and you know a big name in crypto so them having a presence in Uganda I think builds trust in people and uh, and as we as the news has been their first two weeks in operation they registered about 40,000 people on their page as crypto traders wow so that was really interesting that number is really big for two weeks in two weeks people are that many that was quite interesting and uh, and I like I like I like the program that they have they have, they have, a, they have a program called Binance Labs where they uh, accommodate new very early crypto companies and then they try and train them into making themselves better, right? And I think I think I think we're at a point in crypto where we need to work with each other to get to know what people know in the crypto space so that we can get to know the exact path that we need to take. So I think I think Binance is working well with other cryptocurrencies. I mean sorry other crypto companies through Binance Lab and even they also have an education platform, Binance Academy, which is really educating people about crypto and deeper into crypto, you know. So, I think that's, that's, that's nice. That's crazy.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, on, on that note, uh, on, on Binance Academy and, and sort of general education, do you, do you see people here actually seeking out that education um, or are they continuing to fall for the, uh, the sort of pie in the sky, you know, 20% return per week that a lot of these Ponzi schemes are selling?
1: Well, I uh, I don't know that I'm in a position to answer that. <laughs> because I don't know what guys read on the internet. Okay, and, uh, that's but, fair, yeah. But, <laughs> of course, man, I think I think, man, there's, there's like so much in it. There's Facebook, there's Twitter, there's Instagram, there's so much which takes up people's minds. But I think... Uh, I think, I think what the Blockchain Association is doing is trying to get people reading about this stuff before they actually invest in this stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's... And, and over the past few weeks, uh, Crypto Scams have actually been front paging uh, the newspapers, which has got people thinking that you just don't put in your money, something you don't understand. Yeah. So I think it has pushed people to actually go ahead and, you know, read. And it has also pushed us to actually go to some of these... these scammers places they have like offices really in kampala at the center and we actually go there and, and, then, and then preach the right gospel of, of crypto so also as we're trying to we're also trying to do something really great in this in this, in this field so yeah that's that's actually what's going down
0: <laughs> okay yeah got it very cool uh so i guess uh, what are what are some of the projects going on right now uh in, in Uganda specifically that are you're excited about in the in the blockchain and crypto space?
1: Well, uh, for one yellow card definitely. <laughs> so yellow card has a very I like I like I like yellow card strategy. I like that we are going to do the OTC kind of thing. And uh, I think I think it's I think seeing from the mobile money part of all this, mobile money has really prospered in Uganda, people are really, really doing. I think I think we push around uh uh i'm not certain but in uganda shillings like about three trillion <laughs> annually wow goes through mobile money so that's that's crazy if you convert it into u.s dollars
0: do you know yeah. what percentage of total payments that is oh
1: well i'm not certain okay no. but well uh and uh but what what most people are, are probably seeking to do with uh, with uh, with a mobile money system, is to actually go in a cafe and then buy something with mobile money. But the thing with mobile money is that it has uh, it has limits, yeah, and besides that, it has very high fees. So you cannot just transact with mobile money. So I think where uh, where your card can come in is in that space really. If if we can uh, if you can do crypto transactions at a free cost, really, I think that would be something. And sometimes I actually look at it. I look. I look at stable coins as something that could work in Uganda. Yeah, though, because we are still learning the space, we are we are trying everything
0: out, to see what can actually best fit us here. Yeah, well, if they yeah. come around, we'll definitely distribute them. But <laughs> uh, so I mean, aside aside from Yellow Card, what are what are some of the projects that you're most excited about here? Well, besides Yellow Card, I guess uh,
1: so the. Well, um, uh, the, the government launched uh, a task force for, for the fourth industrial revolution technology and they are trying, trying to create sandboxes to accommodate such people with new ideas just to study the space, right? So uh, with the Blockchain Association. They're working together with them and they're trying, I think I think it's something good that Sandbox is actually being created to figure out this industry other than just going with what is on the internet. Yeah. Because I think the internet is showing mostly, when, when you type in cryptocurrencies, you will probably see a lot about scams, so it's quite, uh, it's not a very reliable source. So I think a Sandbox would be interesting. So that's, that's, that's a very interesting project for next year.
0: Yeah. Got it. So your two favorite projects are Yellow Card and the Ugandan government. Oh, yeah, yeah, kind of. <laughs> yeah. fantastic. Okay, very cool. And so what what do you what do you see right now as the biggest hindrance to, uh, especially a crypto company, but as the biggest hindrance to a company right now that wants to start up in Uganda? What are what are some of the uh, what are some of the difficulties of doing business here that make it make it unique, uh, that make it a uniquely a uniquely challenging market for startups?
1: Oh yes, uh, I guess uh, I guess the fact, so we're about forty million and uh, in population, and about seventy five percent of us are youth people. but uh, a few of us, I think half of our population are, are people who are actively using the internet and actively, and, and have actually gone ahead to have smartphones. So I think, I think since, since crypto requires internet usage, <laughs> I, think, I, think, I think what hinders the, the, the ecosystem here is the fact that smartphones are a little bit expensive. So I'm thinking that if there is a company that can actually drop, can produce or assemble in our country smartphones, and then be able to, to, to you know, sell to a local person, a Smartphone, I think. I think the cryptocurrency industry would really, you know, be a boom.
0: Okay, how, how yeah. expensive are we talking?
1: We are talking about uh, so the price of uh, of the cheaper smartphone could be about 250 UGX, you understand? 250,000, yes. yes.
0: 250, what is that? 000. What is that in dollars?
1: So that in dollars is about uh, 199. Okay, is it? Yeah, I'm guessing.
0: 199.
1: Yeah, I'm thinking. <laughs> yeah, but I think that's the most, that's, that's the biggest hindrance. But we, we looked at, uh, so there's a company called Safe Border here. And uh, what it did, what it did is that it uh, it brought it brought people who are, are not, uh, they do not it, it made people. So in the journey, they, they are border riders, they ride motorcycles in, in ways of, of providing transportation to people. And what this company did is that it gave each border, but we have a million. So Chris was very fascinated about the borders,
0: yeah, in Uganda. Ben, so if, you, if you've never been to Uganda, in, in Kampala especially... Uh, they have these bikes called boda bodas, and they're everywhere. I mean, like I cannot stress how many of them there are. There are more of these things on the road than cars, and they're just zigzagging through everything. I mean, when there's traffic, they're they're going all over. Doesn't matter if the light is red. There's like a million of these things crossing the road. It's it's crazy. So these things are very convenient. You know that? Very oh, very convenient. Yeah. I'm, I I mean I hell. I mean you know we had to go we had to go five minutes down the road for a meeting. So you know you just hop on one of those. It's like what two thousand shillings which is less than a dollar uh yeah i mean it's it's extremely convenient and extremely cheap uh but yeah they are they are all over
1: (laughs) yeah but back to safe border it's uh this company decided to give each border rider a smartphone in order to get clients right so they have an app they have an app also the client has an app and then they just order for this thing just like an uber that's just like the way you do it with an uber and then uh, I feel like it has educated these border riders who have, who have who are uh, semi-literate people, how to use smartphones and how to use the internet. And uh, we we'll, we have also had a phase of uh, of betting companies, which 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 normally captures the people who are in very, uh, if I could say, uh, very extreme poverty conditions. Yeah, and these guys are like gambling to you know make money. And in, in that whole mix of gambling, they have to also do research, right? So they, so it gets them logging into the internet, getting apps, right? Getting a smartphone just to keep track of of which team is winning and which team is losing. So I think such companies have actually brought an understanding of how to use internet. So which is interesting to me.
0: Okay. Yeah. Very interesting. Um, and so I mean, do you do you think that do you think that crypto has a smartphone problem or do you think that it has a like a user user experience problem i mean should should companies should companies wait around for everybody in uganda to have a smartphone or should i mean should we be building platforms and building ui and ux around what is currently in the market instead of waiting for the market to adapt
1: well I think, I think it's something we're trying to still figure out, but I also think uh, I think if something shows that it's promising in, in terms of finances and including people in finances, I think it will push them to get things that can actually accommodate what we are doing. So uh, I would say that if something is good enough, right, people will push to use it. So if they see that in crypto, I guess they'll use it.
0: That's, man, I, I tell you, if I've learned anything from, uh, from spending the last three months or so in Africa, it's that people always find a way to, to, to get things that they want. I mean, you know, uh, I mean, especially, I mean, some of these guys on the street that are just hustling, I mean, yeah, they'll, they'll have no money on a day-to-day basis, but when they, when they set their sights on something, they, they get it. They, they always find a way. And exactly. so, uh, yeah, no, I mean, I, I have absolutely no doubt that, uh, when given the right incentive, uh, people, people will find a way. Way to uh, to you know make enough money to buy that smartphone. Yeah. Um, okay. Very cool. And so, what uh, what do what do you think would be what 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 does the greater What is the greater business environment in Kampala and in Uganda need? What what would help foster this industry the most right now in in Uganda? Well. <laughs>
1: For one, cheap Wi-Fi. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, man. I don't... The, the, the Wi-Fi here, the Wi-Fi here is a lot cheaper than some countries. Well, how much How much is a gig here?
1: Well, a gig, a gig is about... Uh, let me see. I'm thinking it's about 5,000 EGX,
0: which is about, okay. about
1: a, a dollar and a half. So,
0: that's a yeah. dollar and a half. Yeah. So, I mean, in, yeah. in some... I mean, so in South Africa, I want to say... Uh, I don't. I don't remember offhand what I paid in Zimbabwe, but uh, in South Africa, for sure. Uh, I mean, it's like five dollars a gig. Whoa! Uh, yeah. it's, I mean, obviously, it's more. Everything's more expensive in the U.S., but um, yeah. I mean, in South Africa, it's pretty expensive. Uh, yeah, I mean uh, data data prices, data prices everywhere are pretty high. A dollar fifty is not terrible, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean cheaper cheaper data would always help. So,
1: so wait, the, the crazy thing. Okay, I don't know how it works in the US or other countries, but if if I bought a gig a day, and then the days the twenty four hours because it lasts twenty four hours, if uh, yeah, <clears throat> if if I if I'm remaining with a balance of uh, of, uh, of five hundred MBs. At the end of the day,
0: it just gets washed, right? Exactly. Just yeah, yeah. You know? <laughs> that is that is definitely a big problem. And so, okay, so I guess that that makes more sense. So, so right now, I mean, essentially the way that the the the, the, the prepaid phones work in Uganda, yeah. uh, and I mean, this is the way that they work in several other countries as well. Is is you're buying a a weekly or a daily bundle, right? And so. When you buy this bundle, you know, you're buying one gig in a daily bundle and yeah. if you don't use it, then it just goes away at the end of the day. You basically get 24 hours and a maximum of say one gig. Exactly. Uh, and so I could I could certainly see from that perspective uh, how the data would be more expensive for people that need to buy larger bundles, right? I If I, if I can't afford to drop on a monthly or weekly bundle, yeah. then I'm stuck buying every day and so it, it costs more over Exactly. Time. Yes okay got it got it and so what I guess so outside of outside of data outside of data what would be what would be the biggest help right now or what what is what is business in Kampala missing well I think uh, I
1: think earlier on the smartphones definitely (laughs) I think we need them and just to correct uh, the the minimum price of a smartphone would be fifty four dollars
0: So, uh, which is still a lot in a, I mean, in a country where I think the average income is about $200 a month. Yes. Yeah.
1: Exactly. So, uh, yeah, it's quite a lot. So, I think, I think if we can make phones more accessible, smartphones, it would be, I think it would bring more people into, into the free tech space, really. And every good thing that comes with using the internet. So, yeah. Okay. And, And yes, and also I think, I think people need to need more education. Yeah so education is really key because it's after knowing how to use this oh percent
0: you, you can be able to use what is being manufactured and made and created 100% yes. so to to flip to the exact opposite of that question what is what is what is the best thing that Kampala and Uganda have have going right now in in, in business what's what's the biggest advantage to do in business here in Uganda in the,
1: in the fintech space or
0: yeah, oh, I mean, in, in fintech, uh, yeah, 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 in fintech.
1: Well, I think, I think the biggest thing right now is, uh, is mobile payments. <laughs> yeah, I think, I, th- I think it's including people really deep down in villages. They're giving them access to finance with, 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 because mobile payments don't require a very, a very long KYC process, and like, just like banks do, and banks have like, like charges every month, maintenance charges. And then uh, you, you need to keep depositing over, you, you, can't, you can't just pause depositing, you have to always keep depositing for a while. So, uh, so, which is not the case with mobile payments. Mobile payments, you deposit anytime, you withdraw anytime, you know, you can, you can you can really do, you can manipulate it in a way that is very friendly for everyone in a local area and even people in urban centers, so that's quite interesting.
0: Very cool, very cool. So, what, uh, what, is, what's your favorite part then about living in Kampala? So, you've you've lived in Kampala your whole life, right? Uh, yeah. So we can actually we can see the building uh, from from this uh, this this beautiful rooftop that we're we're sitting on. We can actually see the building that Abel grew up in. <laughs> so, uh, right right in the heart of Kampala. So, uh, yeah, you, you've been you've been here your whole life. Uh, tell us. Tell us some of uh, and, and tell I mean, you know all the people out there that have never been to Kampala. Tell tell us uh, yeah, tell us what you want us to know about your city.
1: So my city, my city is quite interesting. I think, I think, I think I, I see my country as a, as a land of very many very many opportunities. I think anyone can just start any business anytime without very many complications, which is quite interesting. And. Uh, i'd say in case you want to try out something in case you're, you're looking for a place to you know create a sandbox or something kampala would be right because because people are very adventurous in and you know pursuing the very big dreams yeah just like binance did say I i i i wouldn't say that they had a, a lot of information <laughs> of the crypto space here but then they then they just came in with what they had Yeah, so that's quite interesting and then of course, of course, we have border borders yeah.
0: <laughs> they have quite a few of those
1: <laughs> we have very many of them, so yeah so we have we also have good sites really we have we have wildlife going around. it's funny, it's funny how Chris hasn't yet seen a cow crossing the road, but <laughs> but that stuff happens, so which is which is quite fascinating to people who are not used to that and yeah we have we have good foods, definitely <laughs> Chris has a food earlier.
0: I've yeah. I've seen I've seen cows crossing the road in, yeah. in you know rural parts of the US and stuff before, but I, I will say what I've never seen is uh two men riding on one of these little motorcycles and one of these guys was carrying like a sixty inch flat screen TV. <laughs> no no helmets, no no protection, no anything. Just zooming, zooming down the street with a sixty inch flat screen TV in his head. No, that's the freedom I'm talking about. That's Uganda.
1: We have a lot of freedom to do things, yeah? I think that's that's just one just the
0: one thing our president has done for us again as peace and freedom to explore freedom freedom to drive 60 inch flat screen TVs on small motorbikes <laughs> well guys don't die <laughs> they probably reached <root> 70. <laughs> I love it. I love it, man. So yeah, that's. Uh, I guess I mean, hey, they you know they call they call you down to the pearl of Africa. So uh, you know uh, that's that's uh, that's that's great to hear that uh, you know this is this is a place where there is there really is opportunity that if you want to start something you can you can just go out and do it. Uh, I mean, which is which is obviously you know that that is a big problem still in a lot of countries around the world. Yeah, man well is there is there anything that you'd like to anything you'd like to leave the people with anything uh anything you'd like to like to leave leave off on
1: well just like most people say buy bitcoin
0: <laughs> <laughs> and where's the best place to buy bitcoin yellow card <laughs> awesome well abel thank you so much man it's uh, it's great to have you on finally and uh yeah i mean we're we're looking forward to seeing seeing what's possible in uganda that's
1: awesome